with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. And that is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, And next to me is not the president. He ditched me today. I am running the podcast solo today. Uh... I think Steve is uh, just resting on all the turkey meat that he e- ate yesterday. Uh, it is a Friday and it is Black Friday for all you people who've been waiting all year to get your discounts at your Best Buys and Macy's and all the other places, clothing, who knows. But uh, yeah, but uh, welcome back, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's good to be back. Um, it is thanks. Uh, it was Thanksgiving yesterday. Um, hopefully everybody got to spend some great time with family and friends, uh, ate a lot of turkey and some great food. Uh, if you didn't get together with family, uh, I hope that you guys still were able to enjoy, uh, your time. I think for Christians, uh, we, we celebrate Thanksgiving. I think us as Christians, we should be this this holiday should be just uh, super, super joyous for us. Just because uh, you know, as Christians, we do give Thanksgiving. I believe we should be giving Thanksgiving every day uh, to our Lord and Savior for uh, what He's done for us on the cross and what is God God has done for us in the Spirit. So yeah, but um, this week, guys, we're gonna be hopping the pond. And we are going to be going to Scotland. Uh, Today, we're going to be interviewing uh, Daniel and John William, uh, Daniel Funk and John William Noble. Um, These guys uh, are from Reform Baptist Publishing House, Parsia, Parsia Reform Baptist Publishing House. Um, And we are going to have them on and they're going to be just telling us a little bit about what's going on in the Reformed Baptist churches in Scotland. I'm really excited to uh, interview these guys. So uh, hopefully you guys will be blessed by this interview. Um, Please uh, uh, subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. We've been raising funds for the building. That has been going absolutely great. We uh, Last week, we had a little... Uh, fundraiser opening uh, house here at Bridge at, at, at this location and just kind of let everybody know what we're doing here. And again, we just want to uh, thank you very, very much for all our listeners and all our supporters out there who have been giving to us. We need your help. Uh, we're super excited. People have been giving um, and and it's just been amazing just what God is doing here at Bridge Ministry. So thank you. Thank you very much for our listeners out there. Well, all right. Why don't we get this podcast started? Daniel Funk is pastor of Grace Baptist Church, Govan. Daniel graduated with an M.A. Divinity at the University of Aberdeen and worked as an editor at Banner of Truth before serving the Lord in pastoral ministry. Daniel is married to Monet. John William Noble is a pastor of Grace Baptist Church, Aberdeen. 
John William graduated with a B.D. Divinity at the University of Aberdeen, Aberdeen, the secretary of Melbourne Knox Christian School, Aberdeen, and is the author of The Basics of Christianity and Biblical Marriage, Two Sinners and a Gracious God. John William is married to Bing Ling, and they have two children. Welcome, Daniel Funk and John Williams Noble to Bridge Radio for the first time. Thank you so much for having us. Well, it's great to be here. Well, guys, I'm super excited uh, to have you guys on. Uh, thank you for uh, reaching out to us. Um, you know, I consider myself a Reform Baptist here in the state. You know, uh, Steve is a Presbyterian, a Presby, uh, and our old uh, co-host as well, Julio uh, Rodriguez. He's also a Presby. But uh, I'm super excited to see what you guys are here, what you guys are doing in uh, Scotland. So, but. But before we begin, uh, guys, uh, can you just uh, tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself and how God drew you to Saving Faith? Yeah, so I I, I grew up in in the, the the area that I am now pastoring in a, a town north of Aberdeen called Peterhead, and I, I was blessed to be brought up by my parents who who loved the Lord and they brought me up to, to read the Bible with a, a worldview shaped by the scriptures. And uh, at around about the age of maybe 11, 12, was when I, I recall hearing a sermon being preached, which was stating that you need to repent and believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I have a, a vivid memory of, of doing that. And it wasn't that I was suddenly coming to the realization that I believe in in a God, but it was more the realization of my my desperate need of Him, my my need of His saving grace, and the fruit of that going forward in my teenage years was mainly based on what I started to study and then how it applied to my life because. My my father was also my my religious studies teacher at what would be higher level in Scotland. So this is like your your kind of year before you go to university or further education. So he was teaching me systematic theology, which I was studying at the age of of fifteen, oh. and it was round about then that I I started to come to Calvinistic convictions. I wasn't really overly sure of what what, what that term would have meant at that time. And I was also beginning to see how people in different, what would have been called faith traditions, had very different views and interpretations of scripture, which was quite surprising to me, some of the, the kind of liberal things that were out there. But I, it gave me a, a, an interest to study this further, and that's, that's why I went on to study theology at university. So I, I did that in my, my later teenage years, and... That that was I, I was certainly beneficial to to, to give me a, a greater handling in the in terms of understanding the scriptures, but it wasn't uh, a means of preparing me for ministry as such. But the Lord did make it more clear from the scriptures and from my study and time serving in my, my church at the time that pastoral ministry and preaching the word of God was something that I was considering and then being called to do and so in my early adult life I was preaching regularly and serving in my my local church and just being further equipped for for ministry I also worked as a secondary school teacher so I, I began in religious studies 
teaching that and then I went to do learning support and then I became a, a behavior management teacher. So I was dealing with a lot of the troubled teens, which was a, uh, an interesting but fruitful experience. But I, certainly I, my, my, my call to pastoral ministry wasn't something that was going away. It became all the more strong. And also my convictions were becoming clearer. So I was studying the scriptures more and more, and I, I came to what would be Reformed and Baptist convictions. Mm. Later would be confessional Reformed and Baptist convictions. Mm. And I, I, I went into pastoral ministry. I served in a church in Edinburgh for three years before then joining a, a Reformed Baptist church in, in Edinburgh, which is called Grace Baptist Church Edinburgh. And I spent a year there, and they then sent me with my family to begin a, a church planting work here in Aberdeen, which is what I'm currently doing. Mm. And this is a, a Reformed and a Baptist church, so we, we would consider, we would say we are a confessional church, and that's that's of great significance because in 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 our land in Scotland we have a, a rich Christian heritage, but mm. in in recent decades that has been increasingly abandoned by a number of denominations where they've started effectively questioning and attacking scripture. And wow. therefore the the confessional foundation of our church and even for like Daniel and I as, as friends and as Christian brothers is something that I would argue is is so foundationally important to the the, the life, health and growth of a church. And it's certainly been the means by which our church, which is relatively small by what may be contemporary standards has grown as we've sought to serve the Lord in our community. So that's just a, a kind of brief intro about myself. You, you also mentioned just one other thing that I'm in the process of working alongside a few brothers to establish a Christian school in Aberdeen. Oh wow! So uh, again, with 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 what's happening in our in our nation, uh, some of the the government legislation has been all the more explicit against biblical values. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming increasingly obvious to me, at least, that having the option of a Christian school for Christian parents is important. So we're, we're in the process of doing this. Obviously, with all that's happened in 2020, it's been a bit delayed, but we are beginning to see momentum. We've got a few parents who are expressing interest. So we certainly would value prayer for the plans for that going forward, because there are not many Christian schools in Scotland. So... It's certainly a, a kind of pioneering scheme in the context of Aberdeen. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I'll be praying for you guys with that. Um, 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 we, uh, One of our good pastor's friends in Chicago, Illinois, uh, Dustin Moore, he's been on the podcast before uh, um, uh, doing a, um, a ministry in a big city. Um, he, he, the church has a Christian school in the inner city. Uh, I went to that school as a, as a boy in, in the eighties. So I, I know that that's not easy and, um, and, and it's going to be challenging. And I, but, uh, you guys, uh, you just gave me goosebump, uh, John, and you just said that, and I will be praying for you and make sure that, uh, we, we let everybody know. Um, so, uh, Daniel, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, Absolutely. So I am, I am not from Scotland originally. Uh, I'm from Germany. That's why I have an odd-looking last name. <laughs> and and I, I grew up in uh, I grew up in Germany in a very secular environment, and mm -hmm. what used to be kind of East Germany, which was very influenced by 
kind of Soviet socialist mm-hmm. uh, thinking, yeah. uh, which is very much anti-religious, and that then influenced uh, my upbringing, in which actually meeting Christians was a very rare occasion. And so when I was 18, I spent a year in Kansas and um, as part of the high school exchange program. And the expectation was that whatever your family did, the family you stayed with, you would do as well. And the family I stayed with, like almost everybody else in that small town we were in, I went to church on Sundays, went to church on Wednesdays. So they attended a, and were members of a Mennonite church. Mm. And, I, and I went along. And the entire year I was there, I still held on to my atheistic convictions, the self, self-identified atheist, not a cranky one, um, but a, <laughs> but a convinced one. You're, you were, uh, you were a nice atheist, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, mo- mostly nice, okay. mostly nice. But you know, pe- people, every now and then people would speak to me and, 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 and they tried to uh, bring in their arguments and, and I would push back. Now looking mm-hmm. back, I had no answer, uh, and yet, and yet, I held on to what was really just my idolatry, mm-hmm. um, and um, and 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 so when I left, the the people I stayed with, an elderly couple, gave me a Bible as a graduation present. I hated it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, know why they didn't like me, so that they would give me a Bible mm-hmm. as a as a farewell present. And I had no intentions of reading it. Uh, I had no intentions of using it in any way. Uh, however, after coming back to Germany a few months after, I did start reading. And I can only credit the Holy Spirit and His work in my life that I would start to read something that I so despised. Wow. And long story short, it was through reading the Bible that I came to a conviction of sin and an understanding of the gospel. And at that point, the Lord uh, gave me new life by His Spirit, and uh, I responded to the gospel in faith and repentance. I was saved. So this was when I was about 19, uh, when I was 19, actually. And then um, uh, a few months after that, went back to the States, actually spent my summer there, and, uh, and, and I went along on a church trip to not too far from you guys, San Antonio. Oh, yeah, we're close. And it, and it was on that trip that um, someone close to me suggested, hey, you, you, you should be baptized. You know, if this is what's happened to you, you should be baptized. And so I was baptized uh, just a few months after I was saved in, in Kansas, um, after we came back from a trip to San Antonio. And um, in, in, in the years after that, uh, similar to John William, I then came to uh, growing convictions about what the Bible teaches. Um, so I'm, I embraced Reformed theology, I embraced credo-baptism, um, embraced complementarianism and, and a number of other doctrines, and then eventually found out that, one, there was a name for people like me, uh, namely Reformed Baptists, yeah. and that there, there's a confession that, that teaches and goes into great detail about, um, about what we believe, um, the, the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. And so uh, ever since... At that point in time, which was a few years after I was saved, uh, I, I then no longer self-identified as an atheist, <laughs> but being a Christian, I then self-identified as a Reformed Baptist and mm. um, joined a few years before John William did the, uh, the Grace Baptist Church in Edinburgh, which is a Reformed Baptist church. Mm. 
uh, pastor there, Ali McLaughlin, trained uh, trained me for the ministry. Um, and then in late 2017, they sent my wife and I out to replant the Reformed Baptist Church in Glasgow in an area of multiple deprivation, which will be quite similar, actually, to John Williams' uh, kind of context where we're, we're both ministering in areas uh, that are quite deprived, um, where, there, where there's a lot of crime, a lot of poverty, a lot of drug abuse. And so we've been here now for almost three years, and, and, um, and the Lord has sustained us, and we're very thankful to Him for all that He's done in our lives. Wow, that that's an amazing story. So uh, it was some. So God used somebody in Texas. That was His means of drawing you to saving grace. It was a Texan. Is that correct? Well, it was it was it was people in Kansas. It just happened that the, the people in Kansas went on a on a kind of trip. mission trip okay. to San Antonio. All right, and and it was on that trip. That, yeah, it was a trip. Okay, uh, one of the guys from the church in Kansas. Um, suggested, you know, I, I, sh- I shared with him because he knew me when I was an atheist, and so, <laughs> and so being able to share with him what had happened to me, I think he was quite moved at, at the grace of God, and wow. and and I think, and and rightly so, I would I would recommend the same thing to anyone in a similar situation today. If you have been saved, then be baptized upon profession of faith, and 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 so that happened on on that trip to San Antonio. Which I really enjoyed. I, I love Texas. I've been twice. I've been to Dallas once. I've been to San Antonio once. I really like it. Well, if you guys ever make it back to San Antonio, just come just a couple hours south from San Antonio. You'll be here at Bridge. Uh, wow. So um, why don't you guys talk about a little bit of Patasia, um and what 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 led you guys to start Patasia, uh, if I'm pronouncing it correctly? Uh, and what it means uh, for our, our worldwide audience who might not know Greek. Um, so, yeah. So, Parousia, which you, you're doing the best job of, uh, I think, anyone that we've ever spoken yeah, about. It. The best so far. The best so far. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it, it, it started um, as a desire, I think John William and I shared, to publish a new edition of the Baptist Confession of Faith. Mm. Um, I, I used to, as you, as you mentioned, I used to work for the Banner of Truth as part of the editorial team. Mm-hmm. And one of the projects I worked on was the new edition of the Westminster Standards. And it was a long project, a big project, but uh, the entirety, the, the entire time working on it, I thought this would be great to have something like it for Baptists, uh, a well-produced, well-designed edition that includes the scripture proofs. And I shared that with John William on a number of occasions. And as you mentioned, John William has actually written a couple of books. Yes. And, um, and so th- there was a clearer and clearer understanding, I think for both of us that, you know, there might be a room for us to start a, a publisher and to start in particular with a project to publish the, um, the Baptist confession of faith in, in a new format. And so that's what we've been working on the, the last few months, and, and we put it on uh, Kickstarter. So there's a live Kickstarter campaign, and it will be live for another couple of weeks. And um, and it's been very successful so far. So this will allow us to go ahead with kind of our first two projects. One is the confession. The other one is uh, a, a companion volume a paperback that contains uh, the Baptist Catechism, 
Mm. Commonly known as Keech's Catechism. Yeah. And then a, a, a book um, written by Benjamin Keach. It's like a short confession of faith. Uh, it's one that he wrote in the context of his local church. It's an abbreviation of the, the, the 1689 Confession of Faith. Uh, with every now and then, he'll go into details about some things where maybe other Baptists in his circles would disagree. Because mm. uh, Keach wasn't on, Keach wasn't, uh, how shall we put it? He wasn't kind of a middle of the road guy. Mm. He, he did push the boundaries a little bit. He had his, uh, he had his uh, emphases that were maybe different from other particular Baptists at the time. But, but those are the two projects we want to start with. But beyond that, we, we have a clear desire, and I think now a clear opportunity to continue uh, publishing from a Reformed Baptist perspective and, and to make those books available, not just here in Scotland, but worldwide. And we have, um, we, we have people who've, who've bought our books in probably a dozen different countries, and including America. A lot of support has actually come from the U.S., mm. Um, but but that's kind of where we are. Now, being a publisher, we needed a name. And I don't think we've shared this with anyone yet, but this has been a really difficult thing to come up with. Uh, what what do you call a publisher? But we eventually settled on that, that Greek word, parousia. And if you, if you look it up in your Greek New Testament, you'll find it a few times. And what it means is... Um, is, is, is confidence in speech, boldness in speech, plain speech, uh, that sort of thing where you have no pretext, you're just telling it as it is. And one, one passage this comes up in is in Acts chapter 4, where the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John are in front of the Jewish ruling council and are basically told, stop preaching. And they had previously, just a few verses before then, Luke describes him as preaching with boldness, uh, metaparousia. Mm. And, and so now the government comes and says, stop preaching, don't, don't preach. And so the apostles come back, and with the church they pray, that wonderful prayer at the end of Acts chapter 4, or toward the end of Acts chapter 4. And they pray that the Lord would grant them, among other things, they pray that the Lord would grant them to speak with all boldness. And Luke then concludes that chapter, that they might, uh, that they did, in fact, continue to preach uh, with boldness. And the book of Acts ends, um, the last verse, or the, the penultimate verse, I'm not sure now, but the book of Acts ends with a description of the Apostle Paul in Rome, again, preaching with all boldness. And so for us, I think it's important to say we have to be active evangelistically, and we have to not only have convictions, but live according to them and, and so proclaim uh, biblical truth to a world that might not want to hear it. And so that's where the name camp comes from. Yeah, wow. No, I, I, love, I love the name for sure. Um, I, I'm just super excited. I, I think with everything just going on in the world, uh, we need solid biblical teaching, solid biblical books. Um, uh, I can't wait to uh, to to have your books here uh, at Bridge Ministry. We are a Christian bookstore, so uh, super excited uh, to be able to get your book and stock it up here for our Reformed Baptists uh, here in Laredo for sure. 
Now, can you guys just tell 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 us a little bit more about your ministry? And uh, I know that you guys said a little bit in um, uh, uh, in the introduction um, about what you guys are doing in Scotland. Um, but can we just uh, dive in a little bit more in that, uh, just so that our listening audiences can get a better idea what you guys are doing uh, within your churches? Uh, you guys said that you guys planted some churches and just kind of how everything is just uh, working together uh, with Patasia and uh, your local church and teaching and everything that might be happening. So, so some of the things I'll, I'll share about what, what I'm doing in Aberdeen, it, there, there would be some overlap with, with Daniel and Govan. I, I mean, one, one thing I probably should say just for people who are maybe not so acquainted with the geography in, in Scotland. So Daniel and I, we, we, we did live in the same city. We've been members of two churches at the same time at different points in our lives, but we're currently located in different parts of Scotland. So Daniel's in Glasgow, which is in the southwest. I'm in the northeast in, in Aberdeen. And uh, as Daniel mentioned, the, the, the type of area in which we're, we're ministering, there are some similarities. So just to give a, a little bit of context about my situation. So when, when, we, when we came up to Aberdeen, so my, my wife, Bingman, and our two children, Amos, and now Andian, although she wasn't born at the point when we came up, we, 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 we thought and discussed a few different possible areas in Aberdeen to, to begin a church plant. And one of the reasons for that is because there are a lot of areas, even though there are churches all over the city, there are a lot of areas where the gospel being preached is needed. And in, in the area that we settled on, one of the added advantages was that there was a, a premises, a, a community centre, that was willing to accommodate us. So we were, we were very thankful for that. And especially during all of these COVID guidelines and restrictions, they've been very accommodating, which we've been, we've been thankful for. So we, we, we started by coming into the area. So this is a little bit about how we've approached church planting in Scotland. We, we, we came into the area and we, we had a, a kind of launch date for beginning services. There was a, a group of what was seven of us who were committed to the work and we distribute the invitations to our services to let people know we're there and also invitations to an outreach event that was going to happen before the services began. And we managed to get that to all of the homes in the area, which is about four and a half thousand people. And in the months that have that followed that in 2019, because we only started last spring, we, we started to do street evangelism, so we, we do street preaching. We also try to reach people with, by giving them tracts or literature or entering conversation and looking to proclaim the gospel. We have done some door-to-door evangelism, although that's been more limited this year, and we, we've had occasional events that we've invited people to. We've done other things like setting up like a, a mothers and toddlers group, which is very much focused on, well, we're a Christian mothers and toddlers group. So everything we seek to do is about preaching Christ. And so one thing that, I mean, Daniel would certainly agree with this. We, we want to be, as Reformed Baptist confessional churches, clear about what we believe. But in, in terms of our methodology, we do seek to go out and to preach Christ. We are evangelistic in, in what it is that we do. 
some of the things we're doing, for example, preaching Christ in the street, it's not popular, it's not seen as a, a done thing to do these days, but people need to hear the gospel. This is what we see in the scriptures, and so this is what we've sought to do. And in terms of our church, we've been thankful that the Lord has added a, a, a number of members to our church. So we, we currently have 13, soon to be 14 members. Uh, we've got a brother who's going to be baptized this weekend and then welcomed into membership. And in the context of, of, of American churches, churches in Scotland would, would almost all seem very small. I mean, a membership of 14 sounds very small, but being being clear in terms of your doctrinal base in a in a country like ours which is increasingly liberal mm. is a is a difficult and a hard work and i've i've observed even for example when one or two missionary teams have come from america they, they've been surprised just how apathetic people are in this nation to the gospel and it's why we're, we're all the more driven to preach Christ in this area. And again, it, it, it ties in, just briefly, because I've mentioned it, it ties in with the importance, we believe, of, of, of establishing a Christian school in Aberdeen, and we're in the process of that. And it's it's one of a few reasons why I was keen to begin discussions and planning with Daniel to establish a, a publisher which is focused and grounded on being Reformed and Baptist, grounded on this confession that we're we're looking to publish in the coming months because we, we, there are many publishers out there but, but but again what are our distinctives do we do we stand upon the clarity of what we believe from scripture which is the advantage and the importance of a confession and and that's certainly been a backbone for all different aspects of ministry that, that I, I have been and i'm involved in at the moment well Wow. I mean, that is just super exciting. Um, I come from a church that was a church plant um, and uh, my last church. Uh, and and and, I, and I've been um, here at Bridge. We've been uh, talking to uh, a couple of brothers, um, Dr. Michael Cooper, who's been on the podcast and Dr. Stephen Lesson, who are uh, who started um, Ephesiology and it's um, and they're actually going to be bringing a seminary, a seminary here, a master's in missiology um, for those yeah. who are interested in church planting and missions, um, because that's what we see in the early church, right? Um, that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. We're disciples making disciples, and we see Paul yeah. just planting yeah. church, and I think that needs to be duplicated, uh, especially in in, mm-hmm. in the reform camp, and done and done correctly. Because and 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 it doesn't matter the size of the church. We know that you know in Acts, you know God is the one who adds the numbers. You know, not us. We just are faithful mm-hmm. to what yeah. we do. And, yeah. and, 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 mm-hmm. and 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 be obedient to it and and we see God work we'll see God work in in, in adding those numbers however that might look like you know uh, it can be 50 it can be a hundred mm-hmm. you know but in God's sovereign plan uh, he's gonna do what he's gonna do um, and I'm super excited I'm super excited for you guys I, I wish I could take a plane right now and meet you guys out there <laughs> yeah well <laughs> Certainly, we'll, we'll, we'll welcome visitors in Scotland when traveling's a bit easier, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I do find it interesting with just everything that's just going on in this world, how, how important just a lot of uh, 
podcasts and social media has become uh, to people uh, in just spreading the gospel um, and just listening to sermons and teachings and stuff like that because, um, you know, uh, earlier on in the year, a lot of people were just not going to uh, churches. And you just started seeing a lot of ministries, even ourselves, just ramp up our just uh, a social media, a lot of, of our just content uh, just being released uh, on, on, on those platforms because uh, we wanted to make sure that people uh, were still in engaging us. So, no, yeah, I'm, yes, super important. So um, can you guys just tell me a little bit more uh, about the future of Parecia? Um, I know that you guys just started it, but, um, if I was going to ask you guys, where would you like to see Patasia, uh, books in about five years? Um, um, I know that the Lord is going to work, but what direction do you want this publishing, uh, uh, to go towards? Uh, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier, but can you just kind of tell our, uh, a little bit about our audience where you hope to be in, in five years? It'll be uh, interesting to see if John William will agree with what I'm about to say, but, uh, but, but I think our, our desire is not, not to see this as a business, mm. uh, for us to grow rich. We don't want to take a secular approach mm. to saying, uh, we, we might have some gifts or we might have to, a contribution to make and, and therefore we do it. But we, we want to see it as a ministry that hopefully is able to serve the church. Now, as John Williams has been saying, I think this is very important to us. We do have our distinctives, um, that, that we are Reformed Baptists. And that means, in effect, that a lot of our resources, a lot of the books that we're hoping to publish uh, now and in the future will be geared more toward Reformed Baptists than uh, perhaps Christians of, of other convictions. Mm. Which is not to say that, that we're not hoping to publish books that will be of great benefit uh, to, for example, our Presbyterian friends. Yeah. Uh, or, or our Anglican friends, and that there might not be tools that the Lord can use to uh, help people to grow in their convictions. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're Reformed Baptists because we believe that uh, Reformed Baptist doctrine lines up uh, with what the Bible teaches, and, and therefore it, it, it would be good for everybody to become a Reformed Baptist. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but five years down the line, what, what, what is that going to look like? I think that's a great question. Um, I think it's a question that might allow us to dream and might allow us to plan. I think we would like the, this to grow into a, into a viable, um, into a viable publisher to, with the end that we can produce more uh, material. Mm. And, and our hope is not simply to publish books for a Christian audience, but, but because John William and I both emphasize evangelism in, in, in our ministries and in our churches, uh, we're, we're hoping to produce uh, ways that helps local churches to reach their communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether that's publishing evangelistic booklets, tracts, uh, perhaps helping churches uh, to, to come to grips with um, uh, invitations to church services, anything that, that I think we can do to help evangelistically is very, very important to us. Um, and then we're, we're hoping for that to grow so that, that, that we're able to do uh, more and more. Um, at the moment, you know, we're putting, we're putting in a lot of effort, um, for this Kickstarter campaign, mm. uh, but our hope has been from the beginning that if the response is positive, that, that we could go beyond that. And, and we do have, uh, we do have about five or six books 
on our minds that, that we would like to publish, that we would like to see in print mm. in, in the coming and in, in, in the next few months, kind of beyond our Kickstarter campaign. Mm. And so that, that, that's the way we're hoping um, that the Parisia will develop um, over the next year and then, and then beyond that uh, to, to just continue, continue to grow that, that through our efforts we, we might glorify the Lord and that we might serve the church. Hmm. What about you, John? Yeah, well, I think one, one thing that I would, I would say, just, just looking back a couple of months, and this will help to answer the question, when, when Daniel and I talked about the, the possibility of starting a publisher, I, I, I realized, well, there's a lot of, there are a lot of publishers out there, so you, you, you kind of need to market well, but you need to have something that is marketable. And when, when Daniel, because Daniel was the first one who mentioned the, the possibility of bringing out a, an, an edition of the confession with the scripture proofs and a high quality one in terms of typesetting, when I realized there wasn't a market for that, I, I thought to myself, well, if we can get this, this idea out there and it gets the response I hope it will, then this will give us the financial and even the practical backing to maybe build something further. So with the Kickstarter project, because um, I'm not sure if the listeners would be aware of this, we, we set a target of what would be £3,000, which I think is $4,000-something, and we, we, we smashed that target within two days of launching it. And we've been introducing stretch goals going forward because such has been the positive response and the support that we've got and obviously the financial backing. And I think in order to answer the question of where do we see ourselves five years from now, the next big question is going to be how are people going to respond when they actually see our books? Because certainly the idea and what looks like the typesetting from the screen and so on, it, it looks good. But obviously, people now need to see the books, and we need to see what the response is going to be from men, because this will give people a gauge for what kind of standard we're working on, both in mm. terms of the quality of, of content, obviously, of the confession, but also the quality of the book. Uh, and we, we certainly want to aim aim high in terms of the quality of the product. So when when Dan because Daniel was the one who helped the typesetting of the, the, the marriage book that I, I I wrote, which wasn't published by us, it was published by by Whippingstock in America. And I, I could begin to see, I mean I'm I'm not as knowledgeable, but I'm beginning to learn more and more things. I could begin to see notable differences about the way in which he was approaching this that, that had a a, a kind of added professional and quality vibe to it, which I think I believe will be apparent to people when they see the confession when it when it comes to print. And and I hope all of these things can just add to us beginning to, to kind of create a, a kind of group of people who are willing to buy our products and that being an increasing group. We're obviously, as Daniel's mentioned, it hoping to bring out works that are in the public domain that we believe would be marketable and we get quite a bit of success. We also hope to maybe get some contemporary writers to bring books, to, to write works that we can produce or publish as books too. So we've got a lot of these ideas and hopefully just in the coming years we'll see that growing. Uh, how much it will grow, I mean, it's it's really difficult. I mean, again, being being Calvinist, being Reformed Baptist, we, we, we do also rest and rejoice in the, 
the sovereignty of the Lord, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, obviously we're, we're 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 trusting in the Lord in that. But but the start we've had has been, I think, it's been even better than than I could have hoped for in terms of the response and the interest we've had. So it's been it's been a great start, certainly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see, uh, what you guys look like in five years. You know, I really appreciate when churches do carry a very, uh, a library inside the church that, um, uh, you know, uh, church goers can, can look at good books and be able to read. You don't see that too often, uh, anymore. I just being in a bookstore here, a Christian bookstore in, in Laredo, um, we've just seen, uh, what books, Christian books, solid Christian books have done for the Spanish community and just the community in just general when um, they get exposed to uh, very solid uh, books here, Christian books. Uh, I mean, we have to be in the book first, but, you know, um, um, yeah, I, I think it's super, super important. Um, well, guys, I mean, this podcast flew by i'm looking at the time here like it's 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 crazy but um um romans romans 10 14 guy says how will then they call on him in whom they have not believed and how would they believe in whom they have not heard and how would they hear without a preacher i don't know which one of you guys want to share the gospel today with our worldwide audience uh, i'll let you guys fight that out but can you guys share the gospel today Yes, let, let me say that uh, there's a video on our website that uh, John, John William recorded mm. um, that, that summarizes the gospel. It's a great video. Maybe, maybe we can link it in the show notes. Um, but, but because he's done the video, I'm, I'm going to share the gospel uh, with you today. Uh, the, the gospel begins with God. And, and when people hear God, they have all manners of pictures in their heads. And, and we need to realize that we start with the the God of the Bible, the God who is. And, and so the God of the Bible is not the, the needy God of open theism or the needy God of pantheism, but, but he's the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who's perfectly holy, who's almighty, who's all-knowing, and, and who, who in every sense of the word is perfect. And, and this God has created everything there is, He's created human beings, and he's, he's bestowed great dignity on us. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, you can read that we are created in, in the image of God. We're given dominion over the remainder of, of the creation. And yet, we, we fell into sin. So, so you read in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, you read about the creation. In Genesis chapter 3, you read what, what Christians call the fall, fall of uh, the, the human race and and Adam and Eve, uh, we we don't just have uh, a sin that they committed, but we have the fall of the entirety of the human race. And so now this affects every single person there is on the planet. To to use Paul's language in Ephesians chapter two, we are we are all born in trespasses and sins. We we are by default spiritually dead, and there's nothing that we can do about it. And, and so the lie of, of many religions and of many religious teachers is that if we try especially hard, we're going to be okay. That, that if we just try to live well, then, then God will accept us. 
if we're, some people might say, if we're more good than we're bad, we're going to get into heaven. And yet we need to remember that God is the God of the Bible, and that he's perfectly holy, and that his standard for us as, as his creatures is not, you know, 51%, but, but it's, it's perfection, mm-hmm. and we cannot reach that. Mm-hmm. We, we cannot by ourselves make up for our sins, and we, we cannot become perfect in this life, no matter how hard we try, because our heart is evil, and it's, it's disposed toward evil and to hate the Lord. And so we, we need to look elsewhere. We need to actually look at what God has done in and through His Son, the Lord Jesus. Uh, the Bible tells us that God sent His Son into the world to live in a place of sinners, that, that when you look at, when you read the Gospels, the four books in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that describe the, the life and ministry of our Lord, and you read them and you read about the only perfect life in the history of the human race. You, you, you can say, if, if you were to summarize God's commandment, commandments for his people, you'll say, love God and love your neighbor. Uh, Jesus is the only one who, who's ever fully done that. And yet he died this most gruesome death on the cross, this most shameful death. But the Bible says that on the cross, he died as a substitute for sinners. And so he died as a substitute for sinners. He lived previously as a substitute for sinners. And, and then he rose gloriously from, from the dead, um, vindicating everything that he said and did. And, and the offer of the gospel is now that those who repent of their sins and trust in the Lord Jesus uh, will be saved. And so if you're listening to this and, and you're not a Christian, then uh, I want you to realize that before God, you're, you're not right. You're not right with God. Um, and that, that there's nothing that you personally can do about it. You, you need to look to the Lord Jesus. Uh, and if you trust in him, if you repent of your sins and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will find acceptance with God. You will be, uh, to use a biblical word, justified. Mm. You will be adopted into God's family. You will have uh, eternal life and, and can look forward uh, to the day when Jesus will return and, and the dead will be raised and you will stand in the final judgment and forever and all eternity live with God in the new heavens and the new earth. Amen. Wow. Thank you for that, mm-hmm. uh, gentlemen. Um, I, I, you know, um, one thing that we do here with our podcast is that we have all our guests and our authors uh, share the gospel because uh, we know that um, those are the means that God will draw people to himself. Um, so, so, Hey guys, so where can our audience find you either on social media, your website, uh, your Kickstarter, uh, campaign that you guys going on, where can our, 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 our people find you if you want to be found as I like to say that all the time, some people, <laughs> some people don't want to be found and I understand that, but it, 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 if, where can they find you? Where can our, our listeners, uh, uh, help you guys out with your Kickstarter campaign? So the, the the first first one that I would highlight would be our website, which is parisiabooks.org. And there is a link to the Kickstarter project on our website. I mean, if you go straight onto Kickstarter, if you if you type in 1689 Parisia, then I, I imagine we'll be the first one that comes up. So that's on the Kickstarter website. But also on social media, there are links on the website to those platforms. But... If you're looking for us on Facebook or Twitter, it's at Parisia 
1689, so that should be relatively easy to find. So these would be the, the main platforms. We've also recently set up a, a, an email subscription list, so you can basically subscribe to get updates on what's happening, any blog articles that we release, because at the moment we've got a number of different people contributing blog articles on a, a kind of twice-a-week basis at the moment. So that's something else to be looking out for too. Wow. Well, I will definitely look you guys up on Twitter and uh, uh, maybe you guys can add me on there. So looking forward to that. For our listening audience, please go out there and support our brothers and sister in Scotland. Uh, they need our help. Um, and, you know, we are all one family. Uh, we are all one people. So please visit their website, help them out uh, however you guys can. Um, I think that they would be uh, thoroughly blessed for sure. Uh, well, guys, thank you for coming on. Uh, hopefully you guys can come back on again. Uh, if you guys have some mm -hmm. authors that you guys want to throw our way, we would be more than happy to interview them as, uh, as, as we interview, uh, <clears throat> uh, authors here on bridge radio on their books. So yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, thanks so much. Really enjoyed our time together. Yeah. It's been great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode um, with uh, Patasia. Um, please go visit their website at pataciabooks.org. Um, I mean, I really, really enjoyed that uh, John William and Daniel were able to talk about what they're doing in, in, in Scotland um, with their churches and what they're going to be doing with Patasia Books. Um, please, if you get a chance to visit their website, please, please help them out on their Kickstarter. Uh, you can go ahead and purchase the book, the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith, um, and what they have with, uh, I believe a little study guide with that. So for our, you, uh, Reformed Baptists or Presbyterians or, uh, you know, anybody out there will be blessed by it for sure. But um, um, for, for our Baptist community, if you guys are looking for something, please go to their website again, that's pataciabooks.org, uh, and check out their website, uh, and follow them on social media, uh, social media, um, if you guys, uh, can, uh, and again, for us, uh, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, you'll see that we've been releasing just a lot of new content uh, lately. So we're super excited about that. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed their Black Friday and their Thanksgiving. Um, and, and, and hopefully in this crazy year, we're always giving uh, thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we always end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Till next week, guys. Mm -hmm.